This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Shag. It is Spooko. And we're filming it over one spooky night at FBI. We're not filming it. Uh, well, sorry, whatever we're doing. <laughs> we're recording it over yeah, one like, spooky night. There was, this, there was this one time with, uh, a, with a client we had and we were, you know, we were making a podcast. Shag's pretty big time. He's not good at bragging, but he's pretty big time. I'm, sorry, please continue. I'm, I'm the least big time person ever, but we were making a podcast with them. And they kept being like, so when the cameras are there, and we had to be like, no, it's a podcast. There's no cameras. They're like, okay, so so when you're filming it, and we were just like, you know what, let's just, you'll see when we get there. <laughs> so it's been a long night of filming <laughs> here on this podcast. And one of the funny things about a long night shake is heaps of stuff can happen. And it is just one night only here on the spookiest night only at the FBI studios. So that's the that's that's what's happening. That's the conceit. It is. All of these episodes you've heard so far, including this one, are happening on the same night. Spot on. Yeah. And the haircut you've got since you and I last <laughs> spoke on this night is real Which was sharp. a couple of minutes ago. It was. It looks real good. I like it. It's of the moment is... To paraphrase, short short back and sides, but real short back. Pitch. Real like, short sides, real long top. I'm all about it. Come on, come on. Okay. Uh, appreciate the compliment, number yes. one. But number two, I'm in that awful phase of a haircut where mm. I intentionally get it too short, so it's going to be a long time before my next one, and I'm just not comfortable with how this short is, it is. Uh, this is interesting because you actually pay proper money for your haircuts. Mm-hmm. I try to pay less than $18 if I can. Yeah, wow, okay. Because but I've, then you would know exactly what you want, right? So you go I go in and you go, Zero fade, please. <laughs> and I try to pretend that I need to get out of there fast because I'm very important growing up. Oh, I've got to, hey, come on then. Yeah, don't worry about that bit. <laughs> come on then. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And I suspect you go in and you have a genuine conversation with someone you've built a relationship with who understands your hair mm-hmm. and says to you things like, mm, this is what I've got in mind for your hair this time. What do you think? So I have a hairdresser that I adore. Like I adore, I've, I've found what I consider my hairdresser and I will follow her wherever she goes and I have followed her. What are those criteria that you've used to form that view? I never thought I'd be someone who would have that. I Mm. do. I have curly hair, which is difficult Mm -hmm. and it's something that I've since... sexy. (laughs) Am I allowed to say? It's sexy if you're into curly hair. It is um, um, unusual and nice to look at. I'll put it that way. My favourite thing about this one long night of filming... Yes, it is all the same night of (laughs) filming. Now it's in my head. Ah! My my favourite thing about this one long night of filming mm. is how sometimes some episodes weirdly you're drunker than others but not <laughs> but not in order so I feel like last episode you weren't super drunk right now you seem pretty drunk is this pretty a pretty drunk. sober episode I think this is, oh yeah this is probably pretty sober but anyway so 
criteria that I never thought I would have mm. for a hairdresser. Mm. I realized I had it when my very first haircut with her, yep. um, when she was working at like a salon, like two salons ago. I've since followed her all around. And this is the most bizarre story. This is already the most bizarre is, story I've heard on this long night of bizarre this stories. Is, this is a very important thing. So mm. I'm sitting in the chair. Mm. I'm already an awkward dude. Like I... Yeah, I can vouch for that. <laughs> I'm not great at like hairdresser small talk, right? Mm. But even I know when someone's been quiet. So I'm the last person she's seen on like a Thursday night because I had to get, you know, an appointment after work. Mm. And so it's sort of like eight or whatever because the last person person before me was taking a while the other hairdresser's like sweeping up and stuff and she's just not saying a word to me during this whole thing and i'm thinking sounds like my perfect haircut (laughs) if it's also fast if it's silent and fast that's my shit sorry please continue silence isn't bad but you want speed i want to go i hate it (laughs) but anyway so she's she's cutting my hair no Mm. words i'm just assuming in my head because you know bullied in high school I automatically assume everyone hates me and everyone's my enemy. (laughs) If there's anything negative, I'm like, well, clearly they hate me and it's my fault sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, 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 so Mm. I'm just thinking, well, my fault for booking a late appointment. She's annoyed and it's rightly my fault. And I'll just just try to be as polite as possible. Anyway, maybe 40 minutes into this haircut. 40 minutes and it is not over. Maybe 40 minutes in. She puts the scissors down, sort of has a look around my head, and she goes, phew, that's the first haircut done. And I was like, hang on, what do you mean by first haircut? And she's like, well, clearly people haven't been like caring for your hair. It hasn't been cared for properly. It's way too thick. I've had to thin it out first before I can properly shape it. And I was like, no one had ever looked into my heart. And seeing what my hair really needs. And so then she gave me this amazing haircut. I loved it. And I was like, cool. Okay, she's the best. But that was like, that was the moment when I was like, there's something special here. Mm. When I realized she was my hairdresser for life was uh, a few... (laughs) A few haircuts later down the track. We're just having like a chat because we do talk now. I'm fairly emotional about this. This is really good. So we're talking talking about, you know, hairdressing and Mm. stuff. And she was saying it's really hard to get young people into um, hairdressing at the moment because you know like a lot of people don't see the value in it and then she said no no but then she said like I see she was like I see my job is really important because what I do affects how the world sees you for at least the next six weeks so you know I take it on as a very important job to do a really good job and I try to do the best job I can and at that moment I was like how would I ever go to another hairdresser how could I, and now we have that awesome hairdresser relationship where, you know, I think the the last haircut before this one, she was like, hey, I want to just chop all the hair off of your sides. Can I do that? And I was like, you do whatever you want to do. You deserve it. I was like, no, not you deserve it. It's like, you know it. I'm like, I trust you. I trust you to do, like, I just, like, I don't even want to go in with an idea. I want to just go to her and say, please just Man. make my hair look great. Man, I'm like, this yeah. is, is it, I'm not sure this is a hairdresser podcast. What? I like, I go into my haircuts hating it. And mm. I can't wait to leave. I'm like, fast as you can, fast as you can, fast as you can, fast as you can. I've decided to shorthand. You, like, I say zero fade, please. And then I get out of here in like eight to 10 minutes. And I hate it, 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 hate it. Hate spending money on it. Every dollar I feel like I spend on it feels like it's wasted. I hate sitting in the chair. I pretend that I have to read something important to work. I pretend like anything, 
up saying I'm going to sleep. I hate it. And here's Ma- the and here's the deal. Here's I know the deal, Resh right? is our sponsor, right? You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is your hairdresser someone who wants a shout out? Well, look, I mean, I like I wouldn't do that because mm. you know I don't know, but. <laughs> What I think is interesting is, you know, mm. you say before you try to spend less than 18 bucks on a haircut, which mm. is fair enough. I get that. I don't get a haircut that often. I get it once every couple of months. And because we still live in a gross patriarchal society, for some mm. reason, men's haircuts are still way cheaper than yeah, you know, women's haircuts, even at an expensive level. I spend about 70 bucks on my haircut. That's not like, I don't think that's crazy expensive for, <laughs> Peach, you would spend more on the braces you wear. Like, come on. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, yep. yeah. I've got nothing to say and against most that. most of the time, they're covered by a jacket. <sighs> nothing to say against that. That's anyway. Checkmate. So, Spooko, what I wanted to yeah, talk what's about... what's this podcast all about? <laughs> what I wanted to talk about today is... Uh, oh, sorry. At this moment in the mm. same night... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> While we're filming this one long Can't uh, wait. podcast... What up, cameraman? What I wanted to talk about in this podcast, uh, before we get into our next film... Mm is when you don't watch horror movies and when you just put take them out of your repertoire, you go, yep, no, they're not I'm for there, me, yep. I never watch them. I'm with you. You're closing yourself off to some of the weirdest, strangest, most daring storytelling. Because here's the deal. I don't know if... Have we talked about this before, how every play and every drama movie is exactly the same and has the same plot? No, but so, I'm available okay. to this view. All right, so every play, right? Every play is exactly the same. The shape of uh, things. Okay, <laughs> it, tell me. It's got the shape of things. It might be set in a different era. So it might be set in the 50s, say. Let's assume it's not, but okay. let's continue. Always starts with a dinner party, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's just a normal dinner party. Yep. A bunch of couples come together. Some Is there some weird tension that's unexplained earlier There's on? some unexplained tension. Secrets are revealed. Oh. People uncover uncomfortable truths and everybody's changed by the end. Classic. And it takes like three hours and there's an interval. <laughs> Classic. And there's some clever staging and a cast member from a TV show you know is in it. At Classic. Point. Colin Friels was in the one I saw <laughs> about the atom bomb. That's pretty much the same plot of what you said. But it was mainly set around a table, right? They're like, don't build the atom bomb. And Colin Friels is like, fuck, guys, maybe I should build the atom bomb. That's my recollection. All right, so drama movies are exactly the same, right? Because they're a film, you can set them other places. But generally, a bunch of people come together, everything's cool, then there's some tension, secrets are revealed, (laughs) everyone's changed by the end, right? That's, That's every drama movie ever. Yeah, I'm with you. And every comedy movie is some fish out of water tries to <laughs> tries, tries to fit, to fit in. in doesn't fit in at first classic you know then, then eventually then there's a montage of learning how to fit in and then they realize they don't need to fit in and in fact standing out's better than fitting in the end now where does Eight Mile the greatest <laughs> movie of all time fit amongst this I mean Eight Mile you could do a play of Eight Mile set around a dinner table junk 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 anyway but 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 horror movies. Mm. Because they're not confined to having to do anything except make you feel a bit weird and scare mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. the narratives go off in all sorts of crazy directions. Yep. And today's is a... It's definitely not a classic. <laughs> Nobody would consider this a classic. Mm. But it's a film from 1982 from the... I, I guess the era where, like, you could just... Is this just, a John Carpenter film? 
It's a John Carpenter related film. Okay. And uh, it's from an era when you could do crazy stuff and have bizarre like plot twists, which you'll find in this one, which I think you're missing out on by not watching horror films. So I'm super excited for today for us to talk about Halloween 3, <gasps> Season of the Witch. All right, so today, as I said before, uh, mm. we're doing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I mentioned it was a John Carpenter-adjacent film because mm. Halloween 1, obviously, was created by John Carpenter and it's, you know, one of the most famous films of all time. And, like, one of those classic movie studio mistakes that probably felt like a great idea in hindsight. So Halloween takes place in one night. Massive success. Introduces the world to Michael Myers. And I was going to ask if this was Freddy, Jason or Michael. Yeah, sorry. So incre- like, Michael Myers is just such a great bad guy. So scary. First one's really scary. The second one pretty much follows on from where the first one left off. Mm-hmm. Continues the story of Michael Myers over the same night, you know, as he tries to kill his, I think it's his long lost sister or his long lost cousin or something. Anyway, mm. hilariously, for the third film, they're like, cool, we've got a massive success on a hand we've got a monster everyone likes third film let's not feature michael myers at all and let's pretend like the first two films were fictional films but is he in the film he's not in the film at all like at all is there a witch in the film well you'll you'll discover but it's almost like it's a completely different film and needless to say it wasn't as big like like not really because they kind of wanted to see Michael Myers and every Halloween film after this features Michael Myers, including the most recent sort of um, final Halloween film where Michael Myers... Jamie Lee Curtis comes back, yeah. Which is fantastic, which is really good. So, so what happens in this? It's like a real oddity, but I think it's kind of amazing. And it's one of those things where if you resign yourself to never watch horror films, you never see stuff like this. So anyway... Stupid stuff. Like shit, <laughs> shit, shit stuff. No, I think it's pretty good. But anyway, so it's directed by this guy called Tommy Lee Wallace who didn't do heaps, but he did direct the miniseries of It that uh, featured yeah, okay. Tim Curry Tim, that, everybody, Tim Curry. Fre- yep, yep, that yep, everybody freaked out about. Like it was from the 90s. So that was his other big claim to fame. According to his Wikipedia, he's still in LA writing as well. So... I'm probably glad. pretty young, probably got heaps of cool projects, <laughs> heaps of meetings coming up, stacks of meetings. <laughs> But you know what? It's like, I I always think this is kind of cool. It's like, sometimes it's like, you might feel like, wow, I just haven't had anything big in a while. But it's like, wow, you gave the world some pretty amazing stuff. I hope. A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Before you were fucking over the hill. All right. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Hit me. So on October 23... When's Halloween? What day's Halloween? It is 31, now that you ask that, isn't it? It's October 31. Yeah, yeah that okay. makes sense. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's October 23, eight mm. days before Halloween, in Northern mm. California, shop owner... No Cal, classic, yep. Shop owner Harry Grimbridge, great name. Great name. Is chased along a barren road by mysterious men in suits. He makes it to a gas station clutching a jack-o'-lantern mask. He's driven to the hospital by... St- hang on. So he makes it to gas station... Clutching a jack-o'-lantern mask. Classic Wikipedia. He's he's driven to to the hospital. hospital. So clearly something's wrong with him. Yep, cool. Right? I'm guessing. By station attendant Walter Jones. Classic. At the hospital, Harry is placed in the care of Dr. Dan Chalice. Uh Uh-oh. 
a hard-working doctor struggling with the relationships between him and his ex-wife as well as his children. Oh, he's a hero. Sick. All right, Dan, what's going on? But also, how did that, How did we get to that? Like, he's just been delivered to the hospital. How do I love we know that he's like, man, my relationship with my <laughs> ex-wife and my children. And now this jack-o'-lantern. Fucking hell. <laughs> lots, of, lots, lots going on for me right now. So, yep. that night, mm. another man in a suit enters Harry's hospital room Murders. Have you seen this film? Are they all the same suits? This is a film I haven't seen. This okay, is the cool. first film I haven't seen. Okay, sick. But, uh, it makes me want to go home and watch it immediately. Sick. So, Does it? Anyway, sorry, sick. Yeah, let's go. That night, another man in a suit enters Harry's hospital Classic. room, murders him, then immolates himself. Classic. All right. So, Harry was... Ra- so Rage Against the Machine style. Yeah, but yeah, he's the cover of Rage Against the Machine's first album. Guilt. So, Harry was running, like, clearly injured... Gets taken to a hospital. A doctor who's having a lot of personal problems, so probably yes. didn't have time to deal with his shit, left him in his room. One of the men in suits or another man, some man in a suit comes in, kills him, and then immolates himself. That's pretty spooked out. That I, is pretty I, spooked I, I, out. I think I'd be spooked watching it. And him. are you curious to hear what's happened and why he was immolated and what's going on without jack-o'-lantern mask? Yeah, okay. Let's right. do it. Let's yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Let's find out. Yeah. This is a very short... I think it was Paymon. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Paymon. Classic Paymon. Classic Paymon. He is the trickster god. <laughs> um, so the next day, mm. Dan is confronted in a bar by Who's Harry. Who's Dan? Dan's the doctor, doctor. who's having Got problems. Yeah, with you. And he's, he's clearly having problems because during the day he's in he's a bar. In bar. What's Got he it. doing? He's a doctor. What's going on? He's doing cleaning it's October 24. It's the biggest week of the year for hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> Stacks of jack-o'-lantern injuries coming in. <laughs> Uh, what's yeah? So blah blah. blah. He te- uh, he's confronted in a bar by Harry's daughter Ellie. Who's Harry? Harry's the dead. Harry's the guy that died. Patient. Yep. Got now it. Ellie. Um, no, he tells her about the strange events of the night before, and shows. Well, it's weird. Hang on. So Sorry, she can doctor tells. Him. She's like, tell me about the strange events. I don't know. I don't know what happened last night, but something might have. Please tell me. So anyway, so. He tells her about the strange events of the night before mm. and shows her the mask her father was holding when he was admitted to the hospital. Why does he have the mask? Because it's a Zach Delarocca <laughs> mask. <laughs> no, Dan but seriously, Lanette what the hell? hell? Um, okay. How did it not burn? Anyway. Actually, yeah, good point. No, sorry. Oh, no, no, the other guy point. Him, so. The other guy burnt. Sorry, I withdraw that. Still, I mean, if somebody came, surely the mask is evidence now. Yeah, I love that everyone's like, do you want the mask or do we throw it out? <laughs> like, or what do you want to do? Like, should we throw it out? And then, then, then Dan's like, you know what? I'm just going to hang on to it. I'm just going to go to the bar, <laughs> bring the mask along and, you know, see if the daughter of the person who died last night is going to come along. And if she them. confronts me, I'll tell her about the yeah. events of the night before. Daniel and that, Denier. Okay, so along with Ellie... Dan traces the mask back to Silver Shamrock Novelties, a company based in the town of Santa Mira, California. Okay, now this is another one of these Wikipedia, Wikipedia things. Jumps. So now it says, the next sentence says, the motel manager explains that... <laughs> Sick. <laughs> the motel manager explains that Conal Cochran and his company, Silver Shamrock Novelties, which mm. produces wildly popular latex jack-o'-lantern, witch and skeleton masks for Halloween, what? are responsible for the town's prosperity. So hang on. So I'm guessing that Dan and Harry's daughter Ellie have now travelled to Santa Mira, California. And spoken, and checked into a hotel. Checked into a hotel. Spoken That's to the That's the manager. first thing you do. Shag, you know a lot about branding, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are certain products I understand that are commodities. Yeah. 
I'm probably going to buy the same rice. I don't care what rice I buy from, yeah. perhaps within a limited... Although you think that, but you're actually probably going to be highly influenced on price. But price is probably going to be the one defining thing for okay. most grocery items. And then sneakers, um, a bit of leather and padding and rubber on the bottom... I might pay $30, I might pay $3,000. You might have some brand loyalty to that because the brands do a lot of job making, you know, yeah, anyway. So if I'm your Halloween mask client and I go, my whole shit is the bit where you can't see the brand, right? (laughs) (laughs) My whole thing is making it look spooko on the outside and definitely not seeing a brand because it's meant Mm. to look spooko. How would you, as my brand consultant, I've made that up, but how would you as a brand consultant say, you know what you should do? I'd say, look, maybe it's the 80s and you're still able to manufacture things nearby. I rely on word of mouth from hotel managers, I should say, (laughs) by way of background. That's my business model. (laughs) I'm also like, I don't understand how a whole town... Mm is like the whole prosperity is propped up by someone who makes masks, which aren't very expensive. So you'd have to sell a lot to make your not only your company successful, but somehow spread your wealth around the whole town. It's tough. You know, every employee is also a consumer and so they mm. got to buy a gelato on the way into work and then two gelatos on the way home yeah. for the family or whatever. But still, yeah. you're right. It's tough to imagine. Doesn't make a lot. Doesn't make, anyways, but, but that's what's happening in Santa Maria, right. California. My favorite town. And I was like, this is a really short Wikipedia entry. There's oh, only four no. Pa- is there more? No, no, no. There's only four paragraphs, but we're still in the first paragraph. <laughs> okay, so they're responsible mm. for the town's prosperity. While signing the motel register... Classic. Dan learns that Harry stayed at the same motel. Mm. It's a big coincidence. Even that he remembered Harry's... Na- oh, no, I guess he died in the hospital. Yeah, okay, let's keep, let's keep also, going. Also, remember, this is a doctor who's having problems with his family, and now he's playing detective. Yeah, he's like... That's interesting. <laughs> you know what I should do? <laughs> it's the busiest week of the year for yeah, hospitals. Yeah. And he's travelling to so Santa Maria. 24. Halloween's coming up. Let's sort this out. All right. So other motel guests include shop owners Marge Gutman and Buddy Kupfer, oh. Buddy's wife, Betty, and their son, Little Buddy, who all have business at the company's factory. Oh. So they're shop owners who are clearly The kids stock- have business there too. <laughs> they must stock the mask. Okay. Hustlers. Paragraph one over. Three Ugh. paragraphs to go. That felt that did feel like the longest paragraph of my life, I must say. <laughs> yeah, okay, so now we now we cut <laughs> now we cut to Marge Gutman, right? So Marge she Gutman, she's one of one the, of the shop owners, owners of the who hotel. has business. Yep. Who was staying at the hotel? Yep, I'm with you. So she finds a microchip on the back of a silver shamrock button and is electrocuted by its laser beam after poking it with a hairpin. What? Just 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 go with me. Okay, let's There's like the men in black. All right, right. yeah, okay. Let's, cool. let's let's okay. So Dan and Ellie learn of Gutman's accident somehow. That doesn't explain. And Dan attempts to help, but is forced away by a group of men dressed in lab coats who drive away in a van with Marge's body. The next morning, Dan and Ellie tour the factory with the Kupfers and discover Harry's car there, guarded by more men dressed in suits. This is a confusing experience. Anyway, more. They return to the motel. Yes. But cannot contact anyone outside the town. Okay. While Dan attempts to phone for the authorities, Ellie mysteriously... About what? (laughs) No, no, because they saw Harry's car. Oh, laser, sorry, that's right. There there was a laser and they saw Harry's car at the thing. Okay, sorry, sorry, yes. there's something going on. 
I feel like this movie sucks, Shag. Anyway, more. Look, it kind of does, but it's still weird enough. Yeah. All right? Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, yeah. more. So they return to the motel, but cannot mm. contact anyone outside. While Dan attempts to phone for the authorities, Ellie mysteriously disappears, and Dan is captured by the men in suits, who are revealed... <laughs> I love this as well. Who are revealed to be androids created by Cochrane. So that's where... So there you go. It's like he's oh, making these masks, but okay. he actually has androids. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cochrane reveals his plan to sack... <laughs> I love how in like Wikipedia, it's like it would build up to this. Halfway through the second paragraph, here's what the movie's about. So uh, Cochrane reveals his plan to sacrifice children wearing his masks on Halloween, yes. thus bringing about a resurrection of the ancient age of witchcraft. Classic. Yep. Like, he's already bringing on the future age of robotics <laughs> with, like, amazing androids. That's a super good point. It's like, like you have one like or the, the other. He's, like, the greatest robotics creator <laughs> on Earth even today. And he's like, fuck these robotics. Where's the robotics factory? I think Man, it's... Paymon would have a field day with this shit. For Silver Shamrock's Big giveaway, which will air at 9 p.m. on all television channels following the Horathon. Each of these masks contain a fragment of Stonehenge implanted in its trademark microchip. Stonehenge isn't huge. Okay. Yeah. And look, I, like I'm kind of like, yeah, all right. There's a lot of masks. They're trying to kill most of the children Are in America. Are they trying to kill them or like, in, like start a witchcraft? By sacrificing children, yeah. Oh, crap. But like, I just... Man, killing children's a really upsetting subject. But... There's an element where like slashing teens is like classic, you had sex and so you're bad. Yeah. But just murdering children, mm. it's... Uh... <laughs> when activated by a flashing signal of the commercial's on-screen magic mm. pumpkin... The microchip causes the mask wearer to succumb to brain damage from... Abs- so, well, so, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, so, 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 so. They're expecting the... children mm-hmm. to be watching the television while wearing... Like, the plan depends upon yeah. them wearing the mask while watching television. Peach, I think you found a fatal flaw in who is the greatest scientist of all time's plan. <laughs> Dr. Cochrane. <laughs> Dr. Cochrane's He's plan. the greatest android builder, in fairness. <laughs> he probably actually is the greatest scientist of all time. If you just focused on android building, he'd be killing it. It's one of those things where, you know, we often talk about this in marketing where it's mm. like, you should be thinking about what your consumers are actually doing rather than trying to force them into doing a new behavior that they might not yep. do. Where, so his idea is basically like, I'm going to make them these masks. They'll wear the masks by While watching, watching a horror show and then I'll be able to kill them. And you're right. That's not a great idea. Just put poison in the masks or something. I mean, crimes. Yeah. So or send ma- your androids out to kill them. Actually, good point. You've got a lot of androids. How are you going to convict an android? How are you going to put an android? Like, exactly. Exactly. Put some Stonehenge magic in there and you're away. <laughs> but anyway, listen, this is how it works. Yeah, maybe, this maybe. Is, this is, so this magic pumpkin's going to flash on screen. Classic. Uh, which is going to trigger the microchips, which causes the mask wearer to succumb to brain damage from absorbing the energy of Stonehenge and unleashes a swarm of insects and snakes that come out out of the wearer's corpse and kill anyone nearby. Is that the Stonehenge power? That's the Stonehenge power. I thought Stonehenge was kind of good. <laughs> I thought it was like a druidic, like in touch with nature 
sort of vegany, wiccany. Uh, they're very heavy stones. It's like it's a pretty cool plot device when you don't have to explain anything. You're like, by the way, this microchip will cause you to succumb to brain damage and your body to explode and turn you and, into bugs and snakes. And bugs and snakes will come out and those <laughs> bugs and snakes will actually want to kill people and they will kill everyone around you. Like that's I and mean that, and that will release the ancient age of witchcraft or whatever. Does that even mention again? Like we even trying to It's not perfect. I look, I've never written a movie script. No. I've never directed a classic laughed at movie that's still being laughed at thirty mm. blah years down the track. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe yes. Anyway, so to demonstrate, mm. Cochrane kills the cupfulers this way. Okay. So Oh, puts a mask on them, puts turns the them into bugs them, and snakes. Got turns it. them into bugs and snakes. They get brain damage and bugs and snakes get... R.I.P. Like, also, not a lot of bugs are lethal. Like, not that many bugs are lethal. So what are the bugs? I'm like- uh, oh, I was happy to go far enough to say they're Stonehenge-flavoured magic. Ah, okay, so they're bugs. like... Yeah, yeah gotcha. I, think, okay. I think surely that's right, is it not? Yeah, okay. All right, anyway, so I'm guessing... Again, Wikipedia doesn't fill in all the blanks, but mm. I'm guessing Cochrane has captured Dan and Ellie now. Yep. So so they're captured and it says later that night, Cochrane puts a silver shamrock mask on Dan and leaves him to die the same fate as the trick-or-treating children who will come back home for his false watch and win Halloween sweepstakes that he had created for his company. Feel like you could have said this before when you were talking about the big giveaway. Man, just shoot the magic laser It's crazy. Everyone. Give them all a badge that shoots lasers at them. Yeah, or just have every android put masks on them. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay. Anyway, 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 anyway. anyway. So somehow, even Mm. though Dan's been captured, he's been left to die. Dan destroys the television set and removes Mm -hmm. the mask, escapes through a ventilation shaft and rescues Ellie. A lot happened in that sentence. Excellent. Look, it all happened. It all came together. (laughs) I love it when a plan comes together, Gooey. He dumps the chips from the overhead rafters and activates their signal with the commercial killing Cochrane's employees while Cochrane is vaporized. Wait, wait, hang on. So, wait, wait, wait. A lot's even more is going to happen. Okay. Killing Cochrane's employees while Cochrane is vaporized by the Stonehenge rune he was using to create the masks and destroying the computer chips along with the entire Silver Shamrock factory. Oh, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Like, murders everyone, including the baddie, and blows up the factory. Wouldn't you think... Mm. That not all the workers in the factory would be complicit. They wouldn't well, exactly. know 100% what was going on. Or even if they were partly like, oh man, I've just got to put food on the table and I understand <laughs> this is not perfect and, you know, I'm just here doing what I can and it's the most prosperous town and I moved my family here to get a better deal, better and life. And look, I feel like that some way, you know, working in marketing, it's probably the same way. It's like, look, I know I'm going to bring about the new age of witchcraft and I'm making murderous androids, but my family's got to eat. I work in law. <laughs> I've got two kids in private school. Come on. Um, All right. So. What? There's more? No, no. There's one more paragraph. Okay. As the two drive away, Ellie attacks Dan, revealing that Cochrane replaced the real Ellie with an android. The android. Yeah. Cochrane is so good that he can meet someone and within a couple of hours create a perfect android replication of them. This is the unsaid movie that it's the movie behind all I this. I want to see the follow-up to this film, the, the prequel, yeah, android Halloween 3, that's terror. about a rags-to-riches tale, the eight mile of Cochrane, <laughs> junk, 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 as he junk, starts junk, as junk, a junk, poor junk, scientist junk, junk, who just junk, wants to create robots junk, and bring about the age of witchcraft. Junk, 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 anyway, so Dan crashes the vehicle but decapitates the android with a tire iron. On foot... 
Dan arrives at Walter's gas station where he contacts the television station and attempts to warn all the station managers to remove the commercial. At the same moment, a group of trick-or-treaters wearing silver shamrock masks arrive at the station to participate in the big giveaway. Dan persuades the stations to take it off channels one and two, but not channel three, where the commercial keeps on playing right onto the magic pumpkin sequence. Dan desperately screams on the phone for the final station to turn off the commercial as the animated pumpkin head blinks nonstop in front of him and the children. That's a tiny bit spooky. It's a pretty good ending. Yep. How did you feel about Halloween 3 season of the week? I felt impatient. I was like, yeah, man, cool. Yeah, man, cool. Yeah, man, cool. I'm not super spooked out by something like that. For me, it's when Mike Myers is hanging around the back of your house and being like, maybe I'm going to... But I guess that's my point. It's like not all horror movies are super spooky like that, but it just has a fun story that you wouldn't be exposed to if you were too busy just watching dramas about adults coming to term with the hardships in their life. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?